0: In our last episode, we talked about how HBO created not one, but two iconic pieces of Sonic branding. First, there was this epic theme that would play before a movie came on. It was written in 1983, and as far as I'm concerned, it still slaps.
1: When HBO plays that theme, as everybody says to me, it sounds like something important is about to happen. Ferdinand J. Smith composed
0: this theme song.
1: And I think that's a fair estimate. That's exactly what it is. There's something
0: important from HBO coming on. Ten years later, HBO made an audio logo for their original shows. Essentially, it was TV static transforming into an angelic choir. Some people call this sound the Static Angel. For years, these two sounds defined HBO. But as the internet took over the world, HBO eventually found that they had a big problem. Sitting down for a movie was no longer a special event that only happened once or twice a month. It was something that people could now do anytime they wanted, and they probably didn't want to hear a bombastic 90-second intro every time they did. As for the Static Angel, well, that was built around the static of an old CRT television, something younger viewers might not connect with or even recognize. HBO knew they had to change with the times, but on the other hand, they didn't want to lose the nostalgia that people had for these sounds. Take the feature presentation song. A lot of our listeners have great memories of it.
2: Growing up, we would get really excited every time the HBO introduction would come on because we sort of had this ritual where every time it came on, at the very end when they had that big trumpet fanfare and sort of the lasers that was going in some sort of circle, we would just spin around and around until we got so dizzy that we fell on the floor. I mean, we do it every single time it came on. I still get a little bit dizzy every time I hear that. In the
0: 2000s, HBO started hosting outdoor movie nights in Washington, D.C. It was called Screen on the Green. And before every movie, they played the theme song in its entirety.
2: You have several thousand people on the lawn all clapping together to the beat of the theme song, getting ready for the movie.
0: It even had its own dance. A whole bunch of people in the crowd would stand up and put their arms up in the air and wave their arms back and forth. They had made up a whole dance to go along with the HBO theme.
3: People would get up and start dancing for this whole minute. I mean, just like uncontrollable joy, just loving it, loving it. And it was just so great to see that emotional connection and the mood that it puts you in. My name is Jason Mulderig. I oversee brand marketing for HBO Max and HBO.
0: In 2010, the network launched HBO Go, which was their first entry into the world of streaming. By that point though, the feature presentation theme wasn't being used all that much. For starters, it's over a minute long. It's really long. I mean, it doesn't exist really in that form
3: today because no one wants to watch something for a minute before you watch a movie.
0: Like you want to watch it now, very much on demand. But Jason and his team knew how important this music was to the brand, and they wanted to bring back that magic and excitement. However, they had to do it in a way that made sense in the age of streaming. We decided
3: we want to get back to using more of these emotional triggers, enhance the emotional connection. And how do we take all the great memories of HBO and package it up for a contemporary audience, for our audience today? How do we take this thing that existed in the past that we know has power and how do we update it and make it sound a little bit more contemporary?
0: To answer these questions,
2: Jason reached out to a sonic branding agency. We got approached in late 2016 to refresh this for sort of a new era of HBO. That's Mickey Alexander from Made Music Studio. We just jumped at the opportunity. (laughs) Why wouldn't we want to work on this iconic piece that's been around for almost four decades now?
0: The first thing they knew they wanted to do was update the musical style.
2: The original is very of the time. It's very disco-y. You've got this sort of pop 70s, 80s orchestra on it, and we wanted to take that and make it relevant again. But even if they changed the style, they didn't want to mess with Ferdinand's original melody. This theme and this melody, it's been around so long because it's so memorable and iconic on its own. So it was really important to keep that intact as we refresh it. They had to figure out how to balance the old with the new. It's a lot of pressure to build something that you know millions of people each month are going to listen to and experience and... The big challenge really was making sure that we are acknowledging the right pieces of the original composition and bringing it into a brand new platform and era of HBO.
0: Mickey and his team wanted this music to evoke the feeling of sitting down for an awesome movie. So they started experimenting with different styles
2: inspired by movie soundtracks. We came up with about half a dozen demos that referenced different genres of film. And so we had things that were a little more mysterious, a little more dramatic, a little more optimistic, some things that are maybe percussion-driven, some things that are more of a traditional orchestra. Eventually, they landed on an epic blockbuster sound. It was pretty clear from the beginning that We were going to be exploring a sort of hybrid orchestra meets electronic modern take on what a movie score is. And so we came in with a bunch of reference material from out in the world, big composers like Henry Jackman or Joseph Trapanese. films that use this sort of hybrid orchestral-electronic approach. When it came time to record, each section of the orchestra was recorded separately. The ensemble we came up with was meant to mimic to an extent what a traditional film scoring session would look like. So in our session, we had a little over 20 strings, about a dozen brass. And we had this very special low-frequency session. And what we did was we called in these crazy, super-low woodwinds that you really only find in specialty pieces. Things like contrabassoon and contrabass clarinet. And in a lot of cases, these instruments are bigger than the people who are playing them. And so we had these super low-end instruments in a separate session, so we had control over it in the mix.
0: Next, they layered in some synthesizers and electronic sounds.
2: So there's this very cool sort of dichotomy in the sound where we're taking older analog sources and a live studio orchestra, and we're blending it with modern, electronic, synthetic elements
0: Once they put all of those pieces together, this was the final result.
2: So this piece starts out, it's very soft and gentle. There's a piano that references the first part of this HBO melody. And throughout, we sort of build a little bit at a time. We introduce more orchestral elements more synthetic electronic elements. We have this big climax at the end, we tease the melody throughout, and then you don't get the full HBO melody until the very end.
3: I love the triumph of the horns at the end. It's just like such a big, big sound. I love it. That's my favorite part. That gets me every time. And I've probably listened to it a hundred thousand times.
0: The rest of the network felt the same way that Jason did. We just
3: fell in love with it. We fell in love with the sound. It felt like a mix of yesterday and today in a way that made us all really have the same emotional experience, but also position the brand and reach the audience in a way that we felt like was right for us.
2: I still listen to that piece now five years later, and get goosebumps as I listen to it. And the highest compliment I think we can be given for this is that it reminds people of that original incredible version.
0: In addition to updating the song, HBO also wanted to redo the classic visuals that went with it. In the original, a couple sits down to watch TV in their living room. Then, the camera zooms out and flies through a city before looking up at an HBO logo in the stars. It sort of goes up into the sky, into
3: this HBO sort of silver metallic almost satellite, right? It actually sort of is a little bit of a wink to the delivery mechanism of the HBO satellites beaming
0: this signal down to the nation. But that's not exactly how things work nowadays. While plenty of people still get HBO via satellite, millions of other people stream it from an app. And remember, this whole revamp was about reconnecting with their audience on an emotional level. So in the new version, the camera flies through a city, going in and out of people's homes as they sit down to watch TV. Eventually, it zooms out to reveal that this entire world exists inside of a giant HBO logo. The current one sort of stays on the ground and ends in
3: this reveal where really the city, really the people, really the audience is what makes up HBO, right? So there was a little bit of a nod just from a marketing standpoint. You know, it's like, thank you to the fans, right? Because really you're sort of what makes this successful.
0: The new theme song and the animation that goes with it is a little shorter than the original version, but by today's standards, it's still pretty long. In the age of streaming, it's unlikely that people will sit through something longer than a few seconds. So the challenge was to take this track and distill it down into bite-sized segments.
2: We did three very short feature presentation clips, and these were about 10 seconds each.
0: All of these versions kept the core melody intact. But in some cases, even 10 seconds can be too long. So eventually, Mickey and his team made some that were even shorter.
2: With the launch of HBO Max, we cut it down to what's essentially a five-second studio card.
0: HBO started sprinkling these sounds all across their network. It still exists in
3: various forms on the network. We've just changed the length, we've changed the instrumentation. So in some instances, we use it in three, five, ten second little beats on the network.
0: On HBO, you'll hear that melody before a movie starts, but you'll also hear it underneath the animations that tell you things like what's coming up next, what's playing tonight, previously on, and coming soon.
3: So it's sort of the signal on the network, like, hey, here's what's next on, or
0: here's what's tonight on.
3: Or, and now, the HBO original series. And you can kind of just hear some of the music in the background very delicately there. So we
0: still use it. It is still very much part of the identity of the network. By breaking the theme into these tiny pieces, HBO took this long nostalgic track that people used to hear maybe once a week and made it something that they'd hear multiple times a day. But they did it in a way where you wouldn't get sick of it.
2: They've done a really great job at being subtle and creating this memory trigger with it across the network, across their properties. And so this melody really defines HBO as a brand.
0: When people hear the three-note melody under, say, an up-next promo, they might not even realize where that music came from. But slowly, subconsciously, they start to build associations with that melody, associations that get triggered every single
2: time they hear it. And that's what great sonic branding is all about. When we're working on branding or thematic music, the first thing to consider is, will people remember it? and we're really creating memory triggers for the audience. The feature presentation theme
0: had not only survived the transition to the digital age, it was thriving in a whole new way. But what about the static angel? Did it even make sense to modern viewers? I mean, when was the last time you saw actual black and white TV static? After more than 20 years, maybe it was finally time to update this sound for the digital world. That's coming up after the break. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now, here's the easy part selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design, and you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn and use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com 20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com 20k. Congratulations to Ama Marfo for getting last episode's mystery sound right. That's the sound of the dog and Duck Hunt laughing at you when you lose the game. Duck Hunt was one of the handful of games that used the Nintendo Zapper Gun, which can only be used with an old-school CRT television. And here's this episode's mystery sound. Any idea what it is? If you know it, submit your answer to the web address mystery.20k.org. If you guess it right, you'll be entered to win your very own super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search, and that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. But it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. With Indeed's Smart Matching Engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In 2017, HBO commissioned a new version of their iconic feature presentation theme song... But this revamp did more than just update the sound for a modern audience. It distilled the core melody into something that could tie the entire network together. In other words, HBO took this single piece of music and expanded it into an entire Sonic brand.
3: That music, I think, provides a rich tapestry for us to be able to pull little pieces from that just sort of
0: pull those little emotional strings along the way. But HBO still had another sound to think about, It was the so-called Static Angel that played before their original shows. That sound was originally designed to transport people from run-of-the-mill television into something truly special. The problem was that both the sound and the animation were based on analog TV static, which is something we almost never see nowadays. So over the years, the idea of changing that sound came up on more than one occasion. when we moved to high-def,
1: there was a need to make a new asset because no one had made a high-def logo yet.
0: Bruce Richmond led the team that created the Static Angel. So it was an opportunity
1: for us to revisit, do we need a new logo?
0: Bruce and his team started testing out all kinds of new versions. That was like three months of like boards
1: and meetings. I mean, it went everywhere, every idea. They were all really good branding ideas. There was nothing ever that was bad. You know, nobody came in with like,
0: hey, let's put a chicken on the HBO. (laughs) But no matter what they tried, no one could figure out how to recreate the magic of the original sound. We did the same thing we did last time, but this time something very funny
1: happened. We went through the development process and we kept going
0: and going and going and going and we couldn't land on something. Eventually, they threw in the towel they decided that the static angel was perfect, just the way it was.
1: We had to examine
3: why we couldn't get away from that logo, and it was very simple. At the end of the day, we always come back to, we just can't top this. We can't beat it. The sound hasn't changed. It's remained untouched.
0: As the head of brand marketing for HBO, Jason Mulderig has spent a lot of time thinking about what this sound means to people.
3: It's become this incredible ritual for HBO programming through the years. It's really about the ritual of sitting down and watching something and having this powerful emotional trigger that sets you in this emotional space of anticipation and waiting for what's gonna come next. I don't think
1: we could ever divorce ourselves from that sound, which had been so conditioning for all of us. Even when I hear it now, it conditions me. It's Pavlovian in a way. It recalls memories. People understand on a Pavlovian level that that's the moment right before they're going to get what they're waiting for.
0: Just like the feature presentation theme song, many of our listeners have powerful associations with the static angel sound. When I was in college,
3: a bunch of buddies and I all lived in a house. I think there was seven of us at the time, and we used to watch Entourage on HBO Weekly. And that static sound leading into the theme song from Entourage was the signal for us to
0: get hyped. For me, the HBO static intro just reminds me of The Sopranos. Back at the time when The Sopranos was being broadcast here in the UK, there was no such thing as binge watching. So you did have to wait a whole week for the next episode of a show that you were watching. With The Sopranos, there was a real sense of anticipation.
3: So every time the HBO audio logo plays on TV, my partner and I always sing the three tuba notes that follow for the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song. Even if we're watching another show on HBO, that's completely different. When the HBO logo kicks
2: in for it, we'll start singing. There's only one thing that I hear when I hear that... It's dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, Game of Thrones.
1: Every time I heard that static, you know, my brain subconsciously prepared itself to escape for an hour or so. It kind of just holds a special place in my heart. Every time I hear it now, it just tells me that we're about to embark on an adventure. We're about to be a part of a great story.
3: we've done a lot of consumer research and we see the emotional
0: connection that it creates to the content. At one point, Jason and his team were testing some new sounds and animations to use in place of the Static Angel. The focus group didn't seem that impressed, but then the Static sound came on. All of a sudden, the nostalgia and the positivity
3: and the recall of all the warmth they had for the brand came out. And the focus group did 180 degrees. And it was at that point, we're like, we can't change this. We just can't change it. It's too powerful, it means too much. The best thing we
0: can do, the smartest thing we can do is to not change it. Even as HBO has spread around the world, this sound has stayed the same in every single country.
3: It has become such a distinct thing that I think translates quite well to any language. It's an audio trigger. And I think that works in any language in any region
0: because it is associated with the content. In the digital world, a logo built around TV static might seem out of place. But it turns out that doesn't really matter. This sound has taken on a meaning of its own. It means so much
3: more than whatever it originated as. It signals so much more. So it's
0: really sort of hollowed ground. HBO still uses the Static Angel almost everywhere, with one exception. When they launched HBO Max, they started releasing what they call Max Originals, which are shows and movies that are only on the streaming side. For this content, HBO designed a new Sonic logo. They tried hundreds of versions from multiple sound designers. In the end, they chose one that was heavily inspired by the Static Angel.
3: Max Originals emerge almost from the static a little bit and sort of push out and sort of give a similar choral hum, a choral rise
0: before the program starts. Just like the updated feature presentation song, the HBO Max logo is rooted in the sound that came before it. After all these years, that classic theme and that iconic logo are still the foundation of HBO's Sonic brand, and it's not hard to see why. On their own, these are both great pieces of Sonic branding. They're catchy, they're memorable, and they're just satisfying to listen to. But the nostalgia that people have for these sounds is just as important as how they were designed. And nostalgia isn't something you can manufacture, and it's not something you can buy. Too often, companies get so focused on keeping up with the latest marketing trends that they don't let their logos and jingles develop a history. But if you've been hearing something for 20 or 30 years, it's gonna bring back unconscious feelings every time you hear it. As we've thought
3: about building more of a sonic identity into our marketing, you almost have to separate yourself from it. And we ask ourselves, How does this sound make you feel? It's not going to blow you away to start. If there's a little bit of warmth in the sound or a little bit of hope in the sound, there's a rise in it, that might be enough. Then it's our job to create the right associations with it. And you'll fill up the meaning and the recall that that sound creates over and over again. At the end of the day, we're not
1: doing brain surgery. We're not frontline workers. It's not the stuff that in today's day and age means survival, but it is the stuff that brings so many people happiness.
0: 20,000 Hertz is hosted by me, Dallas Taylor, and produced out of the sound design studios of DeFacto Sound. To get some extra sonic inspiration, follow DeFacto Sound on Instagram. This episode was written and produced by Fran
2: Bord. And Casey Emerling.
0: With help from Sam Reinbold.
2: It was sound designed and mixed by Soren Bejan. And Joel Boyder. With original music by Wesley Slover.
0: Thanks to our guests, Jason Mulderig, Bruce Richmond, Ferdinand J. Smith, and Mickey Alexander. And a special thanks to all of our listeners who sent in their memories of these HBO sounds. That's Andrew, Daniela, David, Hawk, Jake, Jason, Joe, Luis, Michelle, Nate, Randall, Seth, Tom, and Vincent. Thanks for listening.